guest tonight is the host of Welcome to Fedville, where four idiots follow around the Arkansas Razorbacks. Mighty Max Hoover! And I'm your host, November 18th, 11.23 p.m. Uh, we are midway, or about the 37th pick. So the 7th pick into the second round. Um, the Knicks so far have two additions to their team. Uh, we'll talk about those trades in a little bit, but let's get to their pick at number 8. Obi Toppin. Um, first question, Max, what do you generally feel about this pick of Obi? I had heard a lot today, a lot of uh, rumor around the possibility of them trading up to get him. And I, that, that didn't excite me, right? Like right. I, there was, there was no one, there was no one in this draft that I thought was really worthy of, of trading up for. Uh, so I, I wasn't stoked about that. But if, if, if the team really loved him and they were able to get him at eight, I, I, I get it. I get why they made that move. Uh, he seems to be uh, sort of a foil to, to Mitch and, and Mitch's skill set. You know, if Mitch is, if, has no ability to really shoot the ball uh, other than the occasional Twitter video right. that he In puts Instagram out. videos uh, or whatever. Right. Um, but I, like if, if he's not a sh- an offensive threat, but it, but is a strong defensive anchor, uh, Obi Toppin is kind of the opposite. It seems like, so I, you know, I, it seems like maybe they could be two guys who fit well together and, and complement each other in, in the front court. Uh, there, there are some concerns about his defensive ability uh, and if he's going to be able to switch on, on pick and rolls and things like that, but his offensive upside is, is huge. Uh, and, and for a team that needs, for a team that needs basically everything, I, I don't think we're in the in the position to complain about players that we get. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was with you where I, I did not like the idea of trading up, maybe for anybody, but especially for Obi, who, you know, has his weaknesses basically on defense. That's He's great offensively, was the player of the year in college, but defensively he's totally lacking. And in today's NBA, um, if you're a big man and you can't uh, switch onto guys, and especially if you can't defend the rim, it's you're kind of you're 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 an antiquated type of player. But maybe he could learn to play defense. He seems like he's got a great work ethic. It was really it was really touching to see him emotional like that with his family when he got picked to the Knicks. Right. Even even the most cynical of Knicks fans, I think the, the most hardcore grizzled uh, New Yorker, I think, had to be touched by how happy he seemed to be by the idea of playing in his hometown, playing pro ball here. So, like, I yeah, it was a really touching and sweet um, moment after he got picked and they interviewed him. Yeah, it's it's funny what you said about um, 
Well, I guess he, you know, like the kind of more internet savvy fans and the more like analytics based fans probably don't like Obi Toppin, but he's the kind of guy who in a normal year where this draft is live in, in the Barclays Center or something, the, the Knicks fans there would love him. And instead, the opposite of what happened when they cried over Porzingis and Knox. Um, so it's weird. If we get a guy who, I don't know, he, he's, he has a lot of like, he gets points. He's going to get points and rebounds. And has a good chance of winning Rookie of the Year. Um, and we'll see if he learns defense. And that's that's where Tibbs is going to come in. Because if he does learn defense, I think it was Kevin O'Connor tweeted that he's a steal if he could improve his defense. Right. If he can become a, a two-way player, he, he absolutely is is a steal. I, but it, I, to me, he, he seems to fit the mold of every guy picked in this lottery, which is seemingly really strong ability on one side of the ball and very few people who can do anything on the other. Like I was, if you had asked me before the draft started tonight, I, I think Isaac Okoro would have been my, would have been the guy I would have been happiest about. He seems to fit kind of a, a Jimmy Butler kind of mold uh, for, for Tibbs. Um, but even he has really no ability on the offensive side, right? So he he is also really a one-way player that you're drafting and hoping to develop the other side of, of things. Uh, so that that just kind of seems to be the the mark of players in this draft is is you're not getting a, a ton of uh, great two-way players. You're you're hoping to really maximize on somebody's ability on one end of the court and uh, attempt to develop them on the other to make them a serviceable player. Yeah, no superstars in this draft. So, yeah, I mean, here's hoping he I, th- I think him falling to number eight, he, he did fall a bit like he was supposed to go maybe number five. That's why there was talk about trading up for him. You can't complain much about the value. Denny was somebody who also fell, who when he was still there, I was kind of. I guess at that point, I was hoping the Knicks would take Denny, maybe Vassell next because Okoro was already gone. I did want Okoro, Denny Vassell and then Obi Toppin. Um, but I can't, I can't be too mad at it, especially because like, what do I know? I don't, I don't know. Did you, (laughs) I don't watch all these videos. It's more just like what I read other people analyzing what these guys can do. Yeah, no, I, I do a lot of like independent study, uh, let's say (laughs) of, of, uh, different reading, you know, reading a lot of different things. And, And that was kind of what was wild to me about this draft is, you know, because I when when initially this morning when they traded up and and were p- supposed to pick at twenty three, uh, Desmond Bain was someone I really sort of hoped that they might take a shot at at twenty three. But I saw him mocked. If I looked at five different websites, he was mocked anywhere from from sixteen all the way to like thirty three, right? And, and that was kind of that was kind of how this whole draft was. Is is no real consistent idea of who's going to go where again because it seems like really what's going to matter is how teams view each of these individual players because there's no real knock them out of the park home run kind of draft picks. Right. And like which player is going to put in the work to get better. Um, yeah. So speaking of that with the number 23 pick. So first of all, I, I don't know if these will end up being good picks, but the fact that they traded 27 and 28 and were able to turn it into first 23 and then turn 23 into 25 and 33. 
So basically 27 and 38 into 25 and 33. They then traded 33 to the Clippers for a future Detroit second round pick. I don't quite understand the reason for that. I saw, so I saw uh, Mark Berman Mm -hmm. tweet uh, that apparently they wanted Vernon Carey Jr. And that was who they thought they were going to take at 33. He was taking the pick right before. I see. Uh, So they, they went ahead and shipped it back out. Yeah. I was I, which I still I still don't totally understand because again on a team that needs basically everything right now right. like there were still some you we we don't need just one three point shooter there were some other <laughs> three point shooters namely Isaiah Joe the one I'm thinking of yeah that were that were out there in the draft still still hasn't right, been sorry. taken yeah still hasn't been taken uh, I had heard he had there was a rumor that he had a promise from the Sixers uh, and then the Sixers basically maneuvered all of their all of their second round picks it's like so i guess that that promise wasn't that strong yeah well i i do hope the knicks actually get one more second pick which they could do with by trading cash to somebody um i i thought when they took daniel otoro um i thought they were gonna at that point take trey jones because he seems like a tips guy since like it well one he was possibly going to go in the first rounds but also that they were saying his big strength as perimeter defense. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh, okay, Tibbs is going to want him. But it seems like uh, the front office is making these decisions and not necessarily taking defensive stalwarts like Tibbs might want. I'm sure Tibbs is being consulted, but they've they filled the front office with people who've been around the league and have had success drafting. So I really hope um, what they see in OB and, and we'll now get to Emmanuel quickly, it really pans out especially from Walt Perrin, who was famous for taking Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert with the Jazz. So moving to that, uh, what ended up being the 25th pick, they took Emmanuel quickly. Um, Do you know much about this guy? Well, I mean, SEC Player of the Year, right? In the the college college basketball conference that I pay the most attention to. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, so he, listen, he's, he's, he's a Kentucky player, right? And right. so it feels like it feels like what you're going to get is either uh, Devin Booker, right? Or, <laughs> or Tyler Hero or, or Anthony Davis, or uh, you're going to get like the Harrison twins or Kevin Knox, right? Like it, it, there, there are very few seemingly in, in the middle players from Kentucky. They're either going to be great or, or the, they'll potentially flame out uh, pretty early in their career. He, I mean, he he addresses the serious need, which is, he was like a forty-two percent three-point yeah. shooter, right? So, like so 92, serious need addressed ninety-two point five percent from the line, which is nuts. Right. So he's a real uh, shooter. So re- really addresses that need. Um, you know, so seemingly though, I my understanding is that he he was typically being projected to go later, so they might have reached. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, in in a in a draft, if this uncertain, if there's a dude that you're high on. Uh, go ahead and take them, yeah. right? Take them, take them when when you have the guarantee. Yeah, especially in this draft where it seems like you know no superstars and it's so interchangeable and there's no consensus over how everybody through the 40th, like everybody from 12 through 40 is going to go. So take the guy you want because um, you don't know. Because I think other teams are thinking the same thing. So someone picking 26 could have easily taken quickly and then. You're kicking yourself for not having him. So he probably, I have to go through the roster and think about it, but he's probably instantly the best shooter on the Knicks, which isn't saying too much. <laughs> right, right. That's that's not saying a lot, but it, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, when you, especially from three, right? When you look at it, like Bobby Portis was statistically the best three-point shooter on the team last year, and 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 odds are he's not going to be on the team again next year, right? right. So I, yeah, it, it seems like quickly, sort of immediately becomes that guy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, with with Obi Toppin, it's funny. I, I wonder if that means Randall's going to be gone soon. Uh, seemingly, because they're, they, I don't, I don't see any way those two dudes play together in right. the front court. Right? Like, I don't see any way you're able to, to scheme where those guys can share uh, the court and, and share the ball. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. So it would seem to, to me that that is a signal that Randall, Randall's either going to be relegated to serious, like off the bench minutes, and maybe he's your, Maybe he's your sixth man that comes in and sort of is the offensive spark. Uh, but I, you would hope that if they draft Obi Toppin, who's already 22, that you're going to start getting him minutes now and, and give him playing time. Yeah. It's, but yeah, it's just, right, as you said, because he's 22, he's one of the oldest players on the Knicks right now, oddly enough. With Fra- He's older than Frank. He's older than Knox, RJ, DSJ. Um, so yeah, he, he's going to get minutes. Um, I think Randall will be very insulted if he's coming off the bench for the Knicks. So I hope for his sake, he's traded. And I, I think it's just best for the team. It, it didn't work out. Uh, I think he saw his value in the league. So kind of time to move on. So let me ask you this then. Yeah. Who, who's starting at point guard right now? Assuming, assuming they don't, they don't get in, they don't, you know, buy another second round pick and, and take a point guard right now. Who, who would you think? Is the starting point guard opening night for the Knicks? Uh, does that include possible free agents? Possible free agents, trades. What? What? If you had to, if you had to uh, put some money on it, who would you say is the starting point guard? Oh man, um, I, I hope it, this is not the answer. But I, I, if I had to put money on it, it'd probably be Alfred Payton. Okay. Okay, so I, I, because that was, I was gonna, I was gonna then ask again if you weren't sure. Do you think it would be someone who's currently on the roster or someone not? Like, because uh, I, I, I'm really leaning towards. I think they're either gonna throw money at Van Vliet and mm-hmm. really try hard, uh, or, or I, I think, I think it could be Westbrook. I, I legitimately would right. not be surprised if they went ahead and made that move, especially with not really drafting. Uh, quickly, quickly seems to be someone who's going to play play off ball it, it, without drafting a point guard in this draft. Yeah, and their main seemingly the main competition for Westbrook was the Hornets who who took Lamelo. Yeah, so, so they're it, not it, taking it, him now. Right. Um, so it, it, the Westbrook thing feels more and more uh, like a possibility. To that's me. that's a good point. Um, which I'm, I don't know. I I really don't want to see that happen. Just because I want to see. And it sort of seems like they're going this direction, a real investment in player development and patience, something the Knicks have not done a lot of when they've needed to. And Westbrook is just, he, I mean, obviously that's, that's a move to win now. And he doesn't seem like the type of player who's going to make younger players around him better and improve. And then it ties up their cap space for the next three years or a lot of their cap space and prevents them from taking on other salary dumps or just using their cap space to acquire assets in different ways. Um, and in addition to that, like you look at the rest of the league and there, there are teams that are competitive who I don't think Westbrook, they're not going to c- 
compete with those teams by getting Westbrook. And then there are teams that are rebuilding. And then there of those, you have like OKC and New Orleans who are already way ahead of the Knicks. And I just feel like they need to kind of take that mode where they're just in asset collecting mode. And maybe the only thing that'll maybe make me okay with taking on Westbrook is the fact that with the Hornets out of the mix, the price for him has got to be really low. So if it wasn't already. So, I mean, maybe Houston has attaches an asset to treat him like a salary dump. It's hard to believe, but it's very possible. And that would make it okay. But overall, I do not want Westbrook. Where are you on this? Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know. I don't think I hate him as much as a lot of Knicks fans that I've, I've heard like there, there's some real vitriol towards, yeah. towards Russell Westbrook online, yeah. which I think is kind of silly. Um, the, the man is a, just, I think the interesting piece is like people who really, really wanted us to trade for Chris Paul, who really don't want Russell Westbrook, which I, I think is kind of an interesting distinction to make. Right. Because there's a there's a lot about them that's very very similar in terms of like the things that they dislike about Westbrook right it's very very high contracts uh Westbrook's actually three years younger than Paul yeah um but I I don't know I there's there's some I I my understanding is that like he has a next level work ethic which could be a really great thing uh in in combination with this coaching staff that wants to develop players um, I, I, I think they would, I think they would be at best with the current construction of the roster plus Westbrook. I think they would be at best uh, the eight seed, like at best. Right. I, I don't know if they're even a playoff team, um, even with Westbrook. So I, I still think they're looking at a potentially good draft pick in a, in a deep class, uh, next year. So I don't, I don't hate the idea. I think they could still also get to max cap space, uh, next summer as well, even with Westbrook. Right. To me, the key, what it hinges on is like, what is his cost? Right. So if, if the deal, if, if we can, I, I would, I think I would be okay with Westbrook if the trade was Randall DSJ and maybe one of the Mavs picks. I think even that I would be okay with that deal for Russell Westbrook. Anything more than that feels like too much. And uh, Houston though, I think is, is going to dig their heels in and, attempt to not trade him. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to really dig in and be like, we have no James Harden be like, I want to play for the Nets. Yeah. Cool, bro. Like we have you under contract for two more years. We don't have to trade you. Right. right? And, and like it, so, and Tillman for Tita, for, for Tata, for Tita. It's for Tata. (laughs) uh, He, he, he seems like the kind of owner that would be, have no problem digging in and being like, I, I don't care. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to maximize my profit with the two of you while I can. Um, so I, but I, I think what I would say is I think the starting point guard uh, for the Knicks next year is not currently on the roster. Okay. And yeah, I, I, it giving up a mat, one of the Mavs pick as, as well. I don't love, even though those picks are probably not going to be good. I just, I, I don't want to, give up really any assets, especially if we're not competing against anybody for Westbrook's talents. I do think if a hardened trade happens, and I think it will eventually, um, maybe not to the Nets, but at least by the trade deadline, I think he's out of Houston. 
then it makes more sense for them to keep Westbrook around because Westbrook leading the show, he he's more valuable if he's the primary ball handler. And th- then they could build up his value. But, uh, Houston could build up his value again. So of the point guards not on the roster, I mean, I would love Fred Van Fleet. I think not drafting a point guard now makes it very likely that they're going to really go after him hard, as, as we kind of knew. And uh, if it's not him, I mean, what are the other, are there any other point guard free agents? It, I mean, there's probably think, like DJ Augustine I, or something. Yeah, DJ Augustine. I think Goran Dragic is a free agent, oh, but right. I think it's but seemingly he's res- going to yeah. go back to Miami. Um, yeah, so I, I think in, in free agency, I think you're you're putting putting all the chips in on, on Van Vliet, I would assume. Yeah. The Raptors, by the way, who took a small in stature two-way point guard with their first round pick, which does make me wonder, like, is is did they really was this the, the best player they found available or is this their Fred Van Vliet insurance in case he in case he leaves uh in free agency this summer right did what they took Malachi Flynn yeah he, he was one of the guys I, I would have considered taking at 25 uh I was hoping for at 25 maybe Flynn or Tyrell Terry um I'm 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 pretty annoyed that the Mavericks got Terry He's gonna be so yeah, good there. Just, just dig, just dig that knife yeah. in a little bit further. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. I, I think, especially now with uh, the injury to Clay Thompson, that's like another team taking a hit in the West, on top of what might be Houston taking a hit with uh, Harden ends up getting traded. That just lowers that lowers the chances even more of the Mavs possibly missing out on the playoffs. Yeah, there's there's uh, some rumor, or I, I read a rumor today about potentially a sign and trade for Gallinari, right? To, yeah, to come I saw in that and, too. and like until Porzingis comes back and is healthy, that's a that's a, a decent replacement for him. Uh, and then when he when he does come back, now you're even deeper. Like the Mavs are going to be good. Yeah, Luca is Luca is going to be great. Luca is is I, I, last time I saw was the Vegas favorite for to win MVP next year. Right. So like, I, I think, I think they're going to be good. I, I don't know. It's one of those things of like you trading the Mavs pick now it might be its highest value. Right. right. Of like just, just the uncertainty that it could, but in, in, in typical Knicks drafting saga, I feel like they would trade that pick and then Luca would tear his ACL <laughs> right. and be out all, all next year and the Mavs would end up with the number one pick. So like, I, you know, yeah. But uh, we're all we're all super cynical at this point. And it's like I, we, we both want you to make moves to be good. But we also don't want you to do anything because we're terrified of the result. Yeah. Like as everything was happening on Monday with like the Chris Paul trade. And it's just like I keep I keep looking at these feeds and being like, just don't don't trade for Westbrook. Please don't do it. Um, yeah, so many people were just happy that they didn't do anything. Yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. the fact that they didn't do anything is actually the best thing they could have done. <laughs> right. I don't even think there were, like, there was not much available for them to do. There hasn't been any real salary dumps yet. I guess Horford was actually the first salary dump. Um, so maybe they could have gotten involved with something like that. But I'm happy with what they did. The fact that they made these trades at the end of the draft, even if these guys don't work out, the fact that they increase the numbers of the the picks they were making. Um, It just shows a front office that is forward thinking and active and aggressive, which we haven't had before. 
or haven't had in a long time. So that's nice to see. Uh, the 76ers did just draft Isaiah Joe. So I guess they yeah. kept their, I guess they kept their promise. They kept good their for, word at good number for, 49. Good for them. Yeah. He's, he's a good three point shooter, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 He, I mean, he was real is his sophomore year was real banged up uh, and, and missed a, a lot of time. Uh, and then also was just, I think, trying to add some different phases to his game and, and people had scouted him well and knew like, we got to be like in his space on the three point line. So his efficiency went down a little bit, but he still hit something like 200 threes over, over his two years at Arkansas. Like he, the dude can shoot it. And it's like, a, I think the prettiest looking shot I've seen in a mm. long time. Nice. Well, hopefully Emmanuel quickly has that as well. Um, would you have like one of the trades that has always been thrown around in relation to this draft would be, Mitch plus the number eight pick for whoever would have availability for LaMelo ball. It would have been Charlotte, I guess this year. Would you have done a pick a trade like that? No, yeah. no, I, I had, I, well, so part of it is I'm just not, I'm not a fan of any of the ball family, right? <laughs> like I don't, I, I, LaMelo La, 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 and, and, for basketball reasons, like I want to make that clear. Sure. Aside from aside from from the sideshow that I think they would have brought to what is already to some degree a sideshow franchise. Like I don't I don't think the Knicks needed that energy in the building. You know what I mean? Like let's let's get Charles Oakley back on good terms with the organization yeah. before we bring Lavar Ball in. You know, um, but like the dude shoots 25% from three point range, right? Like the last thing the Knicks needed is another primary ball handler who can't shoot the basketball yeah, uh, or can't stretch the floor. So, and, and then giving up arguably our best asset currently for LaMelo ball. I, I had zero interest in that. Yeah. I, I had originally thought uh, I'd thought of Mitch Robinson for like the number two pick just by himself. This was before hearing any scuttlebutt about this. Just because I think like the Warriors may have wanted Mitch over, say, James Wiseman, and Mitch is much cheaper. Um, so I was very against, say, number eight and Mitch for one of those picks to get ball. But as things kind of developed, um, by today, I was like, I think they should do it. Just because I think, based on where they are, they don't have a ton of assets. They're very far away from from being a competitive team. I like the idea of taking a swing for the fences, especially in this draft where ball has the one of all the players. It seems like he is the mo- the like f- only five star skill of a lot of these players is and that's his playmaking ability. So if he ever learned, he's, you know, like a lot of the players we talked about, he has to learn something else. And for him, it was to learn to shoot. Um, but he's got size and he could be like a Ben Simmons, like point guard. So I would have been in favor of it, um, but I'm okay with them not doing it. And I'm very happy they didn't trade up for Obi Toppin. Though I guess, yeah, they, I mean, they, yeah, they would have had to include the 23 pick or something like that. Yeah, I I think best case scenario for the Knicks right now is like take these guys, these young guys you've got RJ and Mitch and and now Obi Toppin and and quickly and and even Frank and Kevin Knox. You need to shine up those those yeah. those stones as bright as you can, and then and then you have then you have actual options. So option one, 
Because like, so thinking about this is I'm this is admittedly what I'm about to say is is a no possible way this is happening. Sure. But trading for Giannis. Yep. Right. Yep. I'm in. Seemingly, seemingly on paper, the Knicks had, with the exception of the Thunder, who now I believe have like 47 picks over <laughs> over uh, the next 12 years, like the Knicks had enough draft assets to make that to 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 put themselves in that conversation. But the young players that they had are are not players that I, I think any team would want in exchange for an actual all NBA MVP caliber player. Right. But if you now if you now give them a chance to develop and and show that they maybe these are guys that you can get some value out of or they are dudes that could anchor a team. Now the Knicks have options with what picket assets they have currently, uh looking at the the deep draft next year. Now they and, and now it's like, oh, maybe maybe RJ Barrett is a guy that we could build on. He's only twenty and look at what he was able to show this this season. Now maybe I will take that as a guy that I want to flip a, a, a disgruntled superstar for um or the other the other thing is they develop and they play well and now the knicks have the foundation of a good team to continue to build for yeah it's like so like either way either way it's it's the best move i think moving forward yeah. i think where you and i would disagree slightly is i actually i actually do believe westbrook would potentially speed up that development just by putting players in in more meaningful games right so like we we current roster construction we are admitting that the knicks are not going to be in many meaningful games next year right like the hope is that you lose pretty basically is is the hope for this this knicks team next year but i think that was the hope this year and that didn't really that didn't really turn out the way uh we wanted they were it was far from pretty the way things went um so yeah so i i I do think Westbrook would help to speed that up if if the cost wasn't too exorbitant. But either way, the the, the name of the game has got to be developing RJ and Mitch and and this year's picks and Frank and and Kevin Knox. Like that's got to be the move. Yeah, and they've been so bad at that in the past few years. I mean, supposedly their player development, uh, their player development, um, what would you call it? Not their. I guess it was non-existent. Like the words I'm looking for. It's just like they didn't have like many coaches for player development. They didn't have really a system. And I, I don't know what they were doing as far as like mechanics and all the all the stuff that young players need. So that, as you said, needs to be first and foremost. And yeah, and it's time with Frank, who I love. I'm part of like the online Frank Hive. This year, it's two things. One, he has to get 25 plus minutes a game. No more. I'm I'm so tired of these coaches dicking him around like Hornacek and Fizdale did. I and if he sucks, I'll live with it and I'll be like, okay, everybody who hates Frank is right. They can move on from him. Even though I do think he'll eventually be a useful player in the NBA. But I we got to see it and like we got to see it with Knox. We got to see uh, Obi get the minutes. We got to see RJ get the minutes. And it's really about the development of these guys. And for Frank. It is, it is in some way, because it is the last year on his rookie scale deal. Um, I, I don't know if he'll get an extension, but I doubt it. I, I mean, not an extension before the season. I think if they are going to resign him, it'll be after the season. It's for his Knicks, for the for his tenure as a Nick, it's a put up or shut up year. Absolutely. But he's got to be, it's like you said, he's got to be given the space, like give him the chance to really show what he's got. It can't be. 
four four games of of DNP coach's decision, yeah. you know, and and then suddenly you throw him in there, right? Like it, it give him the space to de- to develop and play. I mean, he could potentially be starting in the backcourt for the for the Knicks. He could in some yeah. capacity next, right? Because we, we you, you could be looking at a, a starting five of let's say let's say they they convinced Van Vliet. So mm-hmm. if you got Fred Van Vliet, Frank, RJ, Obi Toppin, and Mitch, if that's your your starting five. I would absolutely I, love that. I would love it. I and I think that would be a team. I think that would be a, a starting five that could lose pretty yeah. next year. Yeah. Right. Like I, I I think I think they could, right? And and lose and still seem like competitive, hardworking, uh, all, all the things that you want to show that the, the franchise is moving in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to, as you said, give him the chance to shine or give him the chance to trip over himself and play his way out of New York. It's just, I think that's why, that's why Frank Hive keeps growing and getting more emboldened is because of the way he hasn't had the opportunity. And that like, it almost like gives us an out. It's like, well, he he hasn't shown anything yet in the NBA because these coaches have dicked him around and not let him play. So, I <laughs> make us happy and let's let's see a season of Frank. And seemingly, if there was going to be a coach that could yeah. get the most out of a player with his skill set, it's it's Tom Thibodeau. Like seemingly, seemingly this is a match made in heaven for those two. And I, and I'm excited. I, honestly, I'm excited for Frank to to finally be given, hopefully, the chance that he deserves. Yeah, yeah. As soon as they hire Tibbs, it was just, you know, when when t- the rumors of Tibbs first came around, I was initially like skeptical, thinking, oh, this is this kind of guy who's the game has passed him by. He's set in his ways. He thinks guy like you know people need to just tough it out and play 45 minutes a game and hasn't kept up with the newer research and analytics but it seems like his time away from the game he has adjusted and the organization could give him edicts about how much playing time these young guys could have and then the main pro for me was like well i love frank so i'll take it but uh yeah i'm i'm excited for the season i I'm excited. It's for a year of letting the kids play if that's what they decide to do. And um, so thinking about like the guys that they had last year that are now either non-guaranteed or a team option, who of those players do you think are going to be back? Um, I think maybe Reggie Bullock. Yeah, I think definitely Reggie Bullock. Well, he, unless he's part of a package deal in a trade. Right. But they'll pick um, up his guarantee seemingly right because it's it's not that it's yeah not it's not that steep Uh, i think alfred payton i again the idea they didn't draft the point guard maybe that maybe they're they're going to and we know he's like a scott perry guy alfred payton (laughs) so maybe maybe he's you know he's gonna keep him around but but those would be the if like bullock for sure alfred payton maybe yeah uh, and I think I think I think potentially Taj Gibson letting him go and then re-signing him for less. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I I I'm a huge fan of Bobby Portis just because of of the fact like we're from the same town and we went to the same college. Like hey, this is this is my guy. I love Bobby Portis. Uh, I there's they obviously shouldn't. That's bad. That's bad business for the Knicks to pick up his option at the amount of money that it is. I would love I would love to potentially see him 
back for cheaper. Yeah, uh, I like I, that I do, too. Yeah, I mean, I think he has. I think he does actually have a skill set that, again, he was the best three point shooter on the team last year. But there's there's already a log jam in, mm-hmm. in, in at that spot, um, and a, and it Toppin's minutes should not come at the exp- or yeah Toppin Portis's minutes should not come at the expense of Obi Toppin right and and right. so at the end of the day I think I think he's I think he's gone and will move on elsewhere. Yeah, uh, I'd be okay with bringing him back if they did in fact trade Randall, but yeah, as you said, Obi Toppin especially at his age for a rookie, he's got to be getting 30 plus minutes a game, no matter whether they trade for Westbrook or not. So yeah, I agree that Bullock's probably the only one they definitely bring back. Peyton, maybe depending on what else happens at point guard with guys like Fred with the free agents or possible trades. I hope Peyton's gone, even though he's a decent player. It's just like, I know what he is. We all know what he is. He's, he's still, useful as a backup in the NBA, but he's not going to be the future of the Knicks in any way. So I hate seeing, you know, we've, we've seen Frank lose out on playing time for guys like Trey Burke and Emmanuel Moutier and Dennis Smith Jr. in some ways. And uh, last year, Alfred Payton, a lot of the time. So I just, I don't want to see him block anybody. Yeah. He also can't stay healthy, right? Like yeah. there's and and they, they, the Knicks should not be paying someone $9 million a year who we know is going to miss at least 15 to 20 games, right? right? Like we know, we know that. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I think, listen, I, I think the strategy last summer made sense to some degree yeah. and, and now we're once seeing they it pay missed, off. With, yeah. It made sense right. once they missed out on Kyrie and KD. Absolutely. Cause now we're get we get to see the benefit, which is, after after the Suns traded for Chris Paul, right? Mm-hmm. There are now even fewer teams. Apparently, there's there's some talk about the the Hawks trying to maybe get it get at Gordon Hayward, which would uh, cut another team uh, off the list uh, with with cap space, right? So like there are very few teams that's that have it. It's it's maybe the biggest asset the Knicks have right now, yeah. and some of that is is a credit to Mills and Perry and and the way they were able to pivot. To these sort of team option deals, short-term team option deals for guys uh, with the cash base they had last summer. Yeah, I think they should basically do the same thing this summer, and well, not summer this 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 November, this second half of November, which is the off season. Right. They, yeah. they should just free agency starts Friday, right? Like yeah. this is it's this the is craziest week on ever. Speed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This is off season on speed. Um, yeah, they should do the same thing where they sign guys to one or two year deals, which doesn't hurt them long-term. And that was the one thing that Mills and Perry were able to do well, as you said, that other other front offices for the Knicks have not, like Phil Jackson signing Joakim Noah for four years. But yeah, sign, sign guys to one or two-year deals who are more complimentary this time so that you do focus more on the younger core and letting them shine. And then just sign, make better decisions with who you sign for those one-year deals. Like you just need to surround RJ and Mitch with shooters. Uh, if you are, uh, if you're going to to spend some money, who's the who's the who's the free agent that you want the most? You think the the guy that you'd be willing to give a couple of years to, and maybe maybe a, a, a decent chunk of change in the in the teens or low twenties. Hmm. Um. I I guess Fred VanVleet. I think he's the best free agent out there. 
Um, three years is when I start to get a little worried, but I, I don't think, and I think you'd be, I think you can get him for three for 60, something like that. So 20 million a year. And I don't think at any point he'll play himself out of being a valuable piece. So I think in a year or two, you could always trade him if you needed to. Um, let's see any other players I would give a big deal to. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with Christian Wood even though I do like his game and I, I see the appeal. Um, Bogdanovich is now back on the table. I, I, I guess besides Van Vliet, I, I wouldn't give, feel comfortable giving any of these free agents more than two years. Yeah. I, I, the one that I would, I would love, and it's, it's both for a basketball reason and a, a vindictive reason. I, I would love the Knicks to overpay, for like a, a one a large one year overpay for Joe Harris uh, and, and get <laughs> right. him off the nets. He adds he adds some some more shooting which they need, mm-hmm. and then like just just you know take something back from the nets. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Especially if they're going to get Harden, and it's like, uh, yeah, and yeah, do like a poison pill type deal, whatever. And yeah. and I think Harris even on an overpay, even if it's like you know, 22 million for one year, um, which I, I don't think the Nets would be able to match. I think that's a tradable deal mid-season. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and especially to a, I mean, do exactly what they did with, with Marcus Morris. Yeah. So trade him to a contender and, and get another draft asset yep. back. Yeah, Marcus Morris was like the one player from, I guess Marcus Morris and Taj to an extent, was, were the only guys who worked out for what they were intended to do, be these veterans that just kind of helped complement the team. Um, all right, so any other... I guess the draft is winding down. It doesn't look like the Knicks have made any other picks. Um, any other Knicks thoughts before we go? No, just that you have the best theme song in the business. That, <laughs> that is... That is that, that is what I wanted to get out here before before we were all said and done that needed to be said on the record. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, and big thanks to Sam Spence, who wrote that for NFL Films. Uh, except I hope I don't get a cease and desist letter. Uh, anything <laughs> anything you'd like to plug? No, not not particularly. Uh, we My uh, Razorback podcast, we all just, uh, because of the wonky year of college football and not knowing how frequently the team would actually play games, we've been really lucky up to this point, but uh, not knowing how, how what regularity that would happen with, we sort of put things on pause uh, for this season. So hopefully we'll come back again next year. All right. Um, and I'll definitely, we'll talk again if some big Knicks news happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm around, man. Just give me a call. All right. And I, of course, am at Larry the Athlete on all social media. And you could subscribe to Larry Knows Sports wherever you listen to podcasts. May you have a good night's sleep and may your dreams be hoop dreams.